Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Saturday afternoon. Welcome to the afternoon show. Bill Arnold with you today. I can hardly wait for the day as I've got a wonderful program all set for you. Dr. Andy Scuttinga is my guest to get things started. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with him. He's a professor of psychology at uh, North Central University right here in the Twin Cities. He's been a guest before and I'm always glad to have him back. Andy, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here again. Yeah, thanks. So I'm going to start off with a passage out of Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Carry each other's burdens... And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Okay, that's a wonderful place to start, where we're going to be carrying each other's burdens. Okay? Sounds good. Now, I want to connect back to a a comment that a listener made this week. And the question was, how do we balance being crucified with Christ, like Galatians 2.20, looking not only to our own interests, but also to the interest of others, and have healthy boundaries and good (laughs) self-care? That's... That's a that's a very fine line to walk. Uh, I'm sure it is. That's why I kept the question ready for you. Oh wow! Thanks. Yeah. I'm I feel honored to have the hardest question of the week. <laughs> there it is. Friday at four o'clock. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? Where where is that line between taking taking care of yourself, which I think for a lot of people sounds selfish, but it's not. You have to be. You have to be relatively healthy to help other people too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're sick, whether it's emotionally, whether it's physically, whether it's mentally, it's it's difficult to help other people around you and help carry their burdens when yours are so great that you can't you can't do that yourself. So there's there's a lot to be said about good self care, keeping yourself healthy so that you can reach out and help other people. Mm, yeah, but when you know you talk to people that say if you really want to get something done, ask a busy person because busy people always seem to have time to help you with what they've, you know, what you're asking. Um, and I think, well, those are the people that can't say no. And they end up a little right. bit uh, overextended, exhausted, burned out. And yet they've got usually this wonderful spirit. I'll be there first thing Saturday morning at seven o'clock to help you move right. that sofa. And that's not necessarily good for them because they, you, you right. You, you know that they're not, they're not no people. Right. We all have those friends who I know, I know he'll say yes. Right. He's got to pick up. He'll help me move that two hundred thousand pound dresser <laughs> from my mother's house to yes. my basement. Yes, right. And and that's there's that's nice to have for friends, but you can also you can take advantage of those people, and they can be taken advantage of, and that's not fair for either one of you because if you do that too many times, they start to feel like, hey, wait a minute, I'm always doing things for you, and you're not helping me out. And going back to the verse, carrying each other's burdens is being there for one another, but also being giving people the space to say, I can't. I can't do it this time. Mm-hmm. I, I can't help you. I can't review that writing that you just did because I'm, I just don't have time and I can't give it my best effort. Yeah. And it's, some people are going to go, that's going to hurt my reputation because I'm the guy that people can always count on. Right. I'm the guy that when you say, will you help me move that 2,000 pound table at Saturday morning at <laughs> seven, that's the guy that always says yes. I don't want to lose that reputation. No, you, you don't. But at the same time, it might be healthier to do so. In, in the long run, because mm-hmm. you don't want to be trampled upon 
And then you become the person who's now looking to share the burdens with somebody else because you're always helping others and no one's really there for you. That's mm-hmm. not, that's, people can allow themselves to be put into that position too. Yeah. Andy is uh, always saying yes. Is that a selfish motive sometimes? Because people say, you know, this person is so selfless, he'll always help. And I go, is that selfless or is that kind of selfish? Because is it about me at that point? Look oh, what, sure. Look what I'm doing for you. Yeah, there's a little bit of martyr syndrome yeah, that can happen maybe. sometimes where, oh, yeah, it's been such a hard week. I did my normal job and then <laughs> I did, I helped so-and-so with this and I went to this thing and volunteered and then I went to go do this and this and this. And man, what a, what a long week. And you're thinking, will you probably should have said no to something you you know you have your family to take care of or you have other things to do or you're we also know you're behind on your work stuff and you need to take care of that first mm-hmm. and so there's having boundaries is is really uh, it's it's so important and so many people are afraid to set boundaries because they're worried they're going to offend someone or trample on somebody or make them feel bad when in actuality being honest about that and just saying i really i can't help you this time i'm sorry mm-hmm Call me next time, but yeah. I but I can't I can't do it. But then how do you live with yourself after you say no? I'm not going to help this time, and they go okay. Well, maybe next time, and you hang up and you go. I feel so guilty. I said no. Yeah. yeah. What if they don't like us anymore now? That's right. What if they don't call us again or want to hang out with us again because we had to say no? And your whole reputation has been being that person that shows up to help. Then you realize what kind of relationship that you had with that person. Mm, good point. And you now you understand that ah, wasn't the friendship that I thought I had. And that's hard sometimes, but I'll tell you what, it's better to have hard moments like that than have a false friend who's taking advantage of you for a long time. Mm -hmm. So when other relationships are sacrificed and you're helping move on Saturday morning at 7 and the kids go, that's kind of our time to hang out with dad, but I guess he's gone again. Yeah. At what point do you go, that's not a good boundary and that's, I got to be sure that I keep my priorities in the right place. Right. And there's nothing wrong with simply telling somebody, Hey, man, I can't do it at 7. I've got stuff going on with my kids or my wife and I have something planned. Mm -hmm. Or I need to sleep because I haven't had more than five hours of sleep all week. I need to sleep in. Can we do it at 10? Mm -hmm. Can we do it at 1? Do you Mm -hmm. have to do it at 7? Even even setting small boundaries like that. Well, that I can help you, but it has to be at a different time. There's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if you're the person who's listening saying, well, I need to do it at 7 o'clock, well, you're wrong. And that's, that's not being a good friend either. If you're mm-hmm. asking for help and demanding that it's only on your schedule, mm-hmm. that's not super cool either. Yeah. So when you carry another person's burdens, um, is that mostly, look at I'll pray for you? Is it mostly I'll show up and cut your lawn uh, because I know you need help right now? How does that, what does that look like? Probably depends on the situation. I'll tell you what it looks like in your brain. <laughs> All right. No, really. No, that's helpful. If you, so let's say your friend is is quite ill, and like you said, cutting somebody's lawn, you've got a friend who's physically sick, like really sick, not not COVID sick, but with something maybe chronic or yeah. something yeah. longer term. You, when you put yourself in their shoes figuratively, you literally, the, the same part of your brain that feels pain on your own body will will light up when you're thinking about their pain too. We We literally share each other's burdens in our brains when we see somebody really? hurting emotionally, when mm-hmm. we see somebody hurting physically. Yeah, there's all kinds of studies that show that if you if you put, you know, like uh, somebody in an fMRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging, and you show them images of their friends or family suffering or feeling mm-hmm. pain, their brain will light up in the oh, same sure. place as if you were punching them or giving them a shock or something yeah. like that. So we really, we're wired. God wired us for literal physical empathy 
emotional empathy, you know, spiritual empathy to feel what other people are feeling. It's obviously a much lesser degree. You know, you're if you're watching your wife give labor, you're not feeling those same labor pains right. as she is. But you can empathize somewhat better with that. And it it's the same thing with your friend. You're you're feeling a little bit of that, and that probably makes it easier for us to put them, put yourself in their shoes, and it makes it a lot easier to be able to help them out and say, yeah, I can I can do this for you. Because mm-hmm. I know with what's going on in our country right now, and I know there's a lot of people feeling a little crazy mm-hmm. um, just because of everything that's happening. Plus, the election is coming up in a week or so. And wait, an election? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, city council, something. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's all coming up next week or the week after. Um, and there's the pressure and the stress of uh, COVID living and uh, just trying to interact with people, which is really kind of hard to do. Yeah. So what's my point, Bill? Um, I'm getting to one, I think. <laughs> there's there's all, feeling, all kinds of feelings of stress where yeah. you want to be helpful, but um, you also have trying to build your own boundaries and be safe and healthy and, and yet uh, connect other people. So very stressful times. It's it's very stressful, and a big reason for that. And current studies are showing this, and and old studies have always shown this. It, when people feel a lack of control in their lives, it causes stress and anxiety. People worry, and when you lack security that comes from control, it yeah, it, it doesn't make you feel good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a very technical term, but it just it's that angsty feeling that people have a lot. Sometimes, you know, you're at the end of the day and instead of feeling relaxed and winding down, you're you just got that kind of sense of worry about what's coming tomorrow. And a lot of that has to do with absolutely what's going on in society right now. The election is not something we can control. It, we have a little bit more control because you can go to the polls and you can vote mm-hmm. for who you want on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. You, so you have some choice, um, but it's but it's limited. Right. I mean, it's one vote out of 130 or 40 million or however many people vote for the presidency coming up. But the pandemic, I mean, that's such a tough one for so many people. We can't control it and nobody can control it. It's just something that is out of our control to some degree. You can wear a mask. You can socially distance. You can do all of the things that that government agencies and doctors are telling us to do. But in the end, we can't you can't go fight it. I mean, you can't, like, take coronavirus out to your backyard and bury it. You can't right. hit it over the head with, uh, you know, a cudgel or something like that. What is there, a cudgel? A cudgel is some sort of hitting weapon that has a rounded end to <laughs> okay. it, I'm pretty sure. All right. I like that. Someone can maybe call that and explain it more carefully. I'll look a, I'll take a break and then I'll look on I can't believe picture. I just use cudgel I on a radio I can't either. I didn't know what cudgel means. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a picture? All right. We're going to take a little break. Dr. Andy Scuddinga is my guest. We're talking about... You know, stress. He's a psychologist, and we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of what's going on in our lives right now. If you've got a question or comment, please send me a text. Let me know what it is I can ask on your behalf. Keep you completely anonymous. 877-933-2484. 877-933-2484. The doctor's in, so take advantage. Be right back.
Welcome back to the show. So glad to have Dr. Andy Scudinga. Don't ask me to spell it because I can't in the studio. It's tough. It is tough. It's hard to pronounce because you want to say Scatinga, you want to say all kinds of things. Oh, I've Scudinga. heard them all, man. Let me and tell you. You may be the only Andy Scudinga in the world. I'm convinced that I am. Yeah. There might be a hundred other Scudingas altogether in yeah. the world and probably yeah. not another Andy in there. I don't think so. There's a bunch in the Netherlands. There's there's a smattering around the United States and, and none of them had the wherewithal to name their child Andrew John Scudinga, but nice. my parents. Nice. There are a lot of Bill Arnold's out there. There's a lot of what? Bill Arnold's out there. Matter oh, fact, I'm sure there are. Yeah, matter of fact, they named this show Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I auditioned for it. I was one of six that applied. <laughs> and that I got is the job. Awesome. Yeah, they named the show before they That's even yeah, crazy. To me. Oh, I, I almost believe that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about carrying each other's burdens and making sure that uh, you uh, take care of yourself as well. Self care in a time of stress, COVID, um, or your lifestyle has been disrupted by, by a large amount. And now we're trying to yeah. uh, figure out how to do life in a, in a season that we don't want to do this much anymore. No, people are, are clearly getting tired of masking and, and social distancing. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not an epidemiologist. You're, you're seeing a rise in cases and there's a huge fear that we're going to have this giant rise in cases over the winter. And that probably will be the case because we're wired. I mean, we're made to be in community with one another mm-hmm. and being told by anyone, whether it's the government or your pastor or your friends, you have to stay six feet apart. You have to wear a mask. Don't go inside people's houses. I mean, it's Minnesota where we're at, and it's, what, 34 degrees outside in the middle of October. We have to go inside. And that's, again, that's hard for people to take. It's hard It's hard for many people to just simply be told what to do. Like, you can't do this. No, nobody likes hearing that very often. And so that contributes to any sort of angst or anxiety people are already facing with multitudes of other things, it, it compounds. Um, and it's a great time to reach out to friends and just say, I, can we just talk? And you can, you can do that on Zoom. You can do it on the phone. There's a lot of ways to do this in a socially distance safe type of way. It's not as good as face-to-face, but that's okay. We have to be okay with not everything being normal and perfect either. Mm-hmm. And as we uh, try to stay connected to people, uh, the small, simple steps we can take um, make a big difference. And, you know, we, we, yeah. we think um, maybe a text or a phone call isn't going to make a difference, but trust me, it is. Oh, it does. It's a huge difference. Even, you know, even sending a, a grateful email to coworkers who have done something for you recently. Mm-hmm. Hey, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Keep it up. Thanks for doing what you do. Those those words are, they're like gold, mm-hmm. or they're like a cup of coffee and a piece of chocolate, right? I mean, Dark they're chocolate. not they're not going to change your life. You know, it's not like someone's going to hear that and be like, "My life has changed. I'm so much happier now." Right? <laughs> right. But it's those little those little dopamine boosts that we get during the day that make us feel good and make us feel valued and make us feel special. And even if it's short lived, that short lived feeling is is still pretty great and still pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so easy to do, right? It's not hard to, to send off a text. We text ridiculous things all the time. People send memes to each other that don't even make sense, and we laugh about it. How hard would it be to say, hey, thanks for being a good friend. I enjoy being around you. Mm-hmm. It's not too tough, and it's, it's, yeah, it's like putting quarters in a machine. Yeah. I've been thinking about this most of the week because I've tried to do a number of shows this week just where we're making sure we're being optimistic and right. upbeat and joyful. And, yeah. you know, on Monday I asked people to send in some of their favorite truisms, and, boy, I had a lot of fun stuff come in. 
And then the, this week as well, I think it was Wednesday, I asked for people to share stories of, uh, of joyful moments in their day, times when they just had this pause and this, wow, this is a very joyful moment. And it was so interesting because to the outside observer, you would think, wow, that was a joyful moment for you. That's, yeah. you know, this is very simple. But isn't that the truth, Andy? Isn't it always the very simple things that bring us the greatest amount of joy? Absolutely. It, it's little, it, it is little things. It's, you know, getting a bag of M&Ms and just eating them. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's not much. You know, sometimes just going down to the candy machine and grabbing something that you like to eat, it makes you happy for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Thinking about something that funny that happened to you or telling a good story to somebody else, those are, those are invaluable moments, and they are little things. But, man, those little things can, can go a long ways. Mm-hmm. Like vitamins, right? Vitamins are tiny. You swallow them, and they're packed with all kinds of good things. We can have all these little vitamins for people's days that are really easy to do, low impact, you know, low effort with a lot of fruit that comes from it. Mm-hmm. And I love the passage that Jesus says in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So I go, well, all right. I think that's our, our some of our marching orders is to be of good cheer. Absolutely. And that, you know, for many doesn't come easy because they do look at the glasses half empty. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the Bible talks about that, but so does... So does not but, because that kind of ruins your sentence. The Bible talks that, and science backs that up completely. Mm-hmm. Just doing something nice for somebody else, whether it's somebody very close to you or somebody who's you know only remotely close to you, doing something nice for others has a significant benefit to our own personal well-being. Mm-hmm. We feel better when we do nice things for other people. Yeah. Our... My brain and Rebecca's brain got a big dopamine hit uh, yesterday. You want to share that little dopamine hit that we got? Oh, goodness. Well, we got so much love. I got so much love from everybody. Well, that was true. But what else? What came in the mail yesterday? Oh, we got a lovely package from a listener. It was so nice. Yes. Just unexpected, completely, you know, someone that just wanted to show how much they care about us. Good, good friend of the show. Yeah. That's really um, cool. You know, just unexpected. Thinking of you, caring for you, here's a gift. That's great. What? Yeah, it was so nice. You got to specify. We have too many blessings around here. You just got to be specific. Yeah, no, it's true. That That's pretty neat. Those are things that have immense value for the recipient. And, you know, putting together a care package like that takes time and effort. And that's, oh, yeah. that's part of the deal, too, right? When you know that someone is doing something, that they've taken time to do something nice for you, that's, that's incredibly valuable. It's very encouraging. It's uplifting, mm-hmm. right? And when you it sounds like about, a radio slogan. It'd be a good one. It is. Yeah, let's add that to the bottom of the show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but when you talk about carrying someone else's burdens, uh, when you do something as kind and generous as an unexpected gift out of nowhere, uh, that is helping to carry someone else's burdens, whether you intended for it or not. It lifts. It lifts it your spirit. Lifts. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the biblical picture of um, coming alongside someone and or coming alongside Moses, basically, and lifting up his arms. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's, that's a great story. Isn't it? That's a great story. Literally uplifting, and and we all need that mm-hmm. because none of us are meant to carry the burdens alone. That's the thing. We we are supposed to be responsible for our own lives and what God's given us, but He's also given us one another. Absolutely. And I think to see our our families, our friends, congregations, neighbors as part of what God has given us to care for, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's pretty amazing. And I hear so many stories of people that have gotten interested in spiritual matters because someone was nice to them. 
Yeah. And all of a sudden you became a Christian that they trusted and they'd never trusted a Christian before. So now I can start listening to what the Christian has to say. Right. Yeah. That's, it's exciting stuff. When we, when we do things for one another and we do it for the, for the right reasons, right? We're not doing it for the martyr complex. We're not doing it so people can see us and, and make a big deal out of how, how good and how nice we are. It, it does a positive thing for, for both people. And it, yeah, it has, in, it has incredible value for the short term, but also for the long term. Mm-hmm. And as we talk about self-care, Andy, I, I know there was another radio host talking about giving your kids a big dose of vitamin N, which means vitamin no, uh, <laughs> which I always thought was interesting. Because, oh, kids love that one, yeah. Oh, they hate it. But, but it is, you know, the best, sometimes the very best vitamin you can give a child is yeah. just, no, that's not going to happen. We're not going to do that. But also when you have the ability to say no in situations where you, you know you're taking care of yourself and you're not, you're not disinterested in carrying someone's burden, but you just have to take care of yourself. And I don't know if that's yeah. being selfish or how we process that. I don't, I don't think taking care of yourself is selfish at, at all. I think it's smart and it's healthy and it's, it's a good thing to do. You know, this is why we encourage pastors to take through... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Sabbaticals? Yeah, sabbaticals yeah. or um, retreat. That's the word I was looking for, retreat. To recharge your batteries and to make sure that when you're, when you're ministering to people, you need a break too. This is mm-hmm. why missionaries go on furlough. Right. Not just to raise money, but to take a break so that they can make sure that they're he- healthy physically, mentally, and most importantly, spiritually. Because mm-hmm. we, can get, we can get burned out at anything we do. Yeah. What about the people who are on break? They don't want to be on break because they're not working. And now they're yeah. feeling stressed that they have too much time when they're not employed, not earning a paycheck, and they're starting to stress out beyond belief. What about yeah, those? What about that's, that group? That, that's tough. I mean, that's simply I what it answers. is. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's, right? that's all I get is, it's tough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the tough, the hard part of that is sometimes is maintaining faithfulness and trusting that God has a plan yeah. and has something coming along. And it's not it's not always something better. You know, sometimes we're quick to say, God has a better plan for That's you. That's so true. Well, what if what if I just gave up a six-figure job that I lost, and the next job is half of that? That's not better. That's worse. Well, it's still a job. It's still something that you can do. It's still something to hang your hat on for now. And maybe this immediate change isn't God's better plan for you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is, because maybe you've been focused on the wrong things in that job that you had and what you were yeah. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Are you, uh, how are you doing in that department, helping to carry each other's burdens? Our, Andy was saying our brains are wired for that. We, uh, we want to do that. God's wired us that way. If you have a story where you carried a burden or someone carried a burden for you, we'd love to hear it. Send me the message to 877-933-2484. Again, 877 2484. My special in-studio guest is Dr. Andy Scuddinga. We'll be right back.
Uh, welcome back to the show. Dr. Andy Scudding is my guest. He is a uh, professor of psychology at North Central University right here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis slash St. Paul. And I uh, picked up on a verse to get things started out of Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. And carrying each other's burdens uh, is a wonderful thing to do. We should be looking for opportunities all the time to carry um, each other's burdens because no one wants to go at this alone. We want to have... Uh, we want to have people supporting us. We want people there for us. We want uh, we want to feel like uh, we matter to people and they're there for us. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's very fair. Mm-hmm. Being valued is it's huge. It's a, it's it's incredibly encouraging. You know, like when you join a new organization and they're so happy to have you. When you've maybe been at a place that, eh, you know, if you leave, that's okay. If you stay, that's okay too. We're we're fine with you here, but. When you go to a place where people legitimately are happily happy, happy to have you there, it has immense value for people. We everyone wants to feel valued and cared for and worthy. Mm-hmm. So when we don't carry each other's burdens, uh, we have a tendency of uh, hurting ourselves. I would imagine because we're not yeah. going to be feeling very um, good about how we're living our life if we're ignoring people's burdens. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to connect with people when you when you don't share anything. You know, and if you're only talking about happy things all the time, people will realize that your relationship isn't very genuine mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's pretty shallow. If you're only talking about all the great things that you did this weekend and all the good things that you've done in your life and everything is a happy story about your life, there's there's a lack of depth to relationships that have that. And there's nothing wrong with that. We you know, we can't we can't share our burdens with everybody, and it's also not very fair to share your burdens with everybody you run into. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you talk to somebody at the grocery store and all of a sudden you're hearing about their medical issues and, and their personal problems and you, you didn't invite that and it's a, such an awkward conversation, right? That That's not an appropriate way to share your burdens. Mm-hmm. You, you have to have a trusting, a somewhat trusting relationship that's reciprocal in that way to have a healthy way to share, to share burdens together. You mm-hmm. have to be able to trust the other person isn't going to share your burden also with three other people. About that burden, right? right you know right. what I mean? So, if Andy, if you are going to help someone and you're going to carry burden, it is, is it assumed that you will, to some degree, uh, get dirty? I mean, if I help you out of a out of a ditch, there's a good chance I'm going to get ditch dirt on me too, mm-hmm. right? Uh, should I expect to uh, have some of that be part of the, the burden carrying? Or would other people say, no, you don't have to get yourself into the the mix. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question. My my first my gut instinct is to say, no, you don't you don't always have to get dirty with the person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just listening can be helping someone share the burden. Just being a listen just simply listening and and hearing without giving advice, without telling them what to do, without offering to do anything, sometimes just simply listening to someone talk about their stuff, whatever their stuff is. Mhm. That can be a great way to share the burden with someone that's helpful to them, that makes them feel, again, valued and, and heard and listened to without you having to, to do much. That's encouraging because that's if that's, in fact, part of what's carrying each other's burdens is, that's very liberating because everybody can do that starting today. Absolutely. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to dive in and solve somebody else's problem. In fact, a lot of people don't want you to solve their problem. They just want to talk about it. Mm. They just want to kind of get it off their chest and, and let somebody know, 
hey, I'm hurting in this way, or I feel disenfranchised, or I feel lonely, or I'm angry about this. This is unfair what happened to me. And if you immediately go into, oh, well, here's what you should do. Here's what I think you should do. That That's probably not what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to say to you, hey, tell me what to do in this situation. What would you do if you were in my shoes? Okay, that's a door that they're opening to say, tell me what you want, to you, what you think I should do. Mm-hmm. But I think many people just simply want to be heard mm-hmm. and understood, and that's good enough. Yeah. You don't have to get your elbows deep into their dishwater and wash their dishes for them. You might just stand next to them and say, hey, you know what? You handled that pretty well, actually. And that's good enough. Mm-hmm. I sometimes think that there's people to varying degrees have got uh, needs that you go, well, if I start helping carry their burdens, I know this person doesn't have a car and needs to be at work at 10 o'clock at night. And yeah. I really don't want to be giving them a ride at 10 o'clock at night because you know, right. I've been asleep for an hour by then. Yeah. So that's, that's me being selfish and thinking, well, I'm taking care of myself or what, you know, it's, it's, do you, do you evaluate if I want to do this? Do you do cost benefit analysis or what? I think everybody does cost benefit analysis. Cost, boy, that came out really yeah, muddy. That's all right. Let me, let me, you just get that with a cudgel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I cudgeled that one pretty you bad. That was a cudgel. What, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Cost benefit, benefit analysis. analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you do a CBA, <laughs> on a situation like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I we all do that. We we do that every time we have an opportunity to help someone. Are and we really carrying each other's burdens though if we're doing CBA? That's a that's a great question. I I think to a degree, yes. You know, if if someone calls you and says, "I I need to immediately move out of my apartment from Blaine to Eden Prairie. I need you to come right now and do that." That's that's a pretty tough ask. You're going to have to weigh the cost and benefit. It's I can't I can't do that. I can't leave my family for four hours. That's kind of an extreme example, right? But sometimes people ask us for small favors, and, and we all immediately do this. What's how hard is this going to be? What is it going to cost me? Is it a benefit to me? We mm. we do this automatically. I, I mean, know this we is do. just part of our thinking. The brain just processes that so fast. Absolutely. Yeah. And we and we do process it very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And if our answer is immediately, no, I don't think I can do that, then maybe we do need to pause and, and think about it. And I really believe this. It's okay. It is okay to say to somebody, let me think about it a second. Mm. Or can I get back to you in a few minutes? I might have to rearrange my schedule. Or just be totally honest and say, I don't know if I can do that. Give me a few minutes to see what I can figure out. Mm-hmm. But then you have to be willing on the other end to say, I can't do it, and here's why. You may not have to explain. You might just simply say, I can't, I can't help you with that right now. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can call tomorrow, or maybe we can do this another time. Or maybe you need to ask yourself, am I really just being selfish here? Am I really just protecting my own interests? Do I really want to get out of my house at 10 o'clock to drive somebody to work? No, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I know how valuable it would be yeah. to her, to him, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm going to do that. So yeah, we we do measure our, the the cost benefit analysis for all kinds of things, yeah. not just sharing each other's burdens. Yeah, a listener chimed in with this. This is a, a lovely comment. Um, I was listening to you. You started the show about 15 minutes ago or so. One thing I believe could really help people is to not be so scared of COVID to let them know that when you hear the term. 200 new cases or so it just means 200 people were tested. It doesn't mean they were positive. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah, it's a great point. The semantics of this whole pandemic 
have been very confusing for many people. How we report numbers sometimes is uh, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear there could be 400,000 dead by the, the new year. And so many of those are worst case projections and literally guesses because no one can accurately predict what these numbers are going to look like. Nobody can. We're, we're basing it on statistics and statistical modeling. And some of that's really well done and some of it's very poorly done. And it's hard for people to know what, what source can I trust. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with that lack of control. When you really don't know how to interpret the science data, if that's not your training area, you have to trust that the people reporting it know what they're talking about. And they don't always. And so that, that takes away an element of control for what, how people process information that they're given. And that causes anxiety and it causes some people to panic and it causes other people just to get frustrated. And some of it just causes to say, well, I'll reflect on that information myself and come to my own conclusion and be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Dr. Andy Scuttinga is my guest. And I, you know, another thing, Andy, I wanted to uh, just reinforce this week and probably next week and the week after is just reassuring people and giving them hope because I know that you spend enough time in isolation and you're going to start that's going to start eroding. Yeah. Um, you're going you're gonna to feel discouraged. You're going to feel um, a little out of sorts. Mm-hmm. And when you've lost the rhythms of life that you know and enjoy, and there's talk now about uh, no Thanksgiving, and I think, really, that's a significant holiday <laughs> that we may not be gathering as a family. Yeah. You know, so th- those are things that I think really uh, eat away at people's sense of well-being. And um, I just want to always be reassuring uh, people that uh, you are loved, you matter to God, um, uh, you are of, uh, you matter to me and Faith Radio. Absolutely. And, yeah, you, even Andy likes you, and I he do. hardly knows you. Some of you I know really well. <laughs> That's your wife. The three people in my family who yeah. are listening to this, maybe yeah. I know I know them really well. But you're, you, you know, you hit on something very important here. When we think about Thanksgiving coming up, it normally is a time where we gather together with lots of family members. And we're being told, or some people are telling us, you can't do that. Well, yeah, I can actually. Mm-hmm. You, you can, we have, we all have choices. You can have a great Thanksgiving time. You can still choose to wear your masks when you're not eating. You can mm-hmm. still keep some level of social distancing. You can still, you can have both things. You can be cautious and yet be bold and be free. Mm-hmm. And we know as believers, we we put our lives every day in God's hands. And we trust that he is in control because he is. And if we, you have to, you have to weigh those risks. Is it is it really worth getting together with 15 or 20 people for Thanksgiving meal? You have to decide that. Mm-hmm. We, have, we each have to decide that for our own selves and talk about it with our families and have really honest discussions and not allow family discussions about should we get together for Thanksgiving to turn into some political thing where it's like, I refuse to wear a mask to Thanksgiving. Okay, mm-hmm. well, then you don't get to come to my house. Mm-hmm. Well, now we already have conflict going into Thanksgiving. We have to be honest and respectful of other people's thoughts and feelings about this because one person may look at the data and the situation and feel terrified about all this. Another person can look at all this, the same data, the same science, and say, yeah, it's concerning, but I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And they're looking at the exact same thing. And how do you meet in the middle and respect one another's space and understanding? It can be tough to do. Yeah. And if, if you know, people want you to wear a mask and you don't want to wear a mask, maybe you eat at that small table in the garage. Yeah. I had to do that a lot as a kid. <laughs> that short, fold-out plastic table. You never got the big table, table, did you? 
It took a long time because we always had a lot of people over yeah. for Thanksgiving, and I was always like the responsible kid. I was always in charge of the kids' table. All right. <laughs> Why does that make me and laugh? I believe that about you, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> In charge was, of the kids' table. Yeah, what a great job. Hey, you're going to be in charge of the kids' table. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Keeping stuffing out of kids' hair. That's exactly what I wanted to do today. And now you teach psychology. Yeah, how'd that happen? I, I have no idea. But we're talking about carrying each other's burdens, making sure you take care of yourself. I also just want you to know how much I want to encourage you and make sure you feel hopeful in this time because I know as this uh, these this COVID pandemic has carried on for a while you feel maybe a little isolated and uh, I'm probably speaking right to you if you're sitting alone right now in your home and maybe you haven't had contact for a couple days with anybody except the phone and you listen to the radio throughout the day I'm thrilled you do I'm thrilled to be company for you during this time of your day or if you listen on the podcast it's just really important to me that we're having uh, this time of connection even though I'm not specifically hearing from you uh, I know if you're listening to me and enjoying my guests I know that's hopefully making a difference. So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, if you have a story of someone who helped carry your burden or you have a story where you helped by carrying someone's burden, uh, it would be really fun to hear. Uh, those stories are very encouraging to all listeners. 877-933-2484. Be right back. Welcome back to the show. Dr. Andy Scuddinga is my guest. We're talking about carrying one another's burdens. So the word burden would mean a weight of personal and eternal significance. It can refer to a character flaw, a struggle, or a moral requirement. Interesting. So That is interesting. Yeah, each should bear his own load, but also uh, we should be uh, carrying the, the burdens of others. God gives us uh, responsibilities for our families, our churches, our personal holiness. So we can't assume the responsibility uh, for someone else's behavior. Right. Uh, we can bear their burdens, come alongside them like a struggling brother or sister and help shoulder the weight uh, maybe of a trial or a temptation that threatens to pull them under. You know, something that struck me as you were reading all that was we have different individual levels of kind of bandwidth for how much burden we can handle. You know, you talked about, Bill, you mentioned earlier the, the busy people who, who are busy, but they get things done. Mm-hmm. Some, some people have a much, they can carry a, a much bigger burden than others. And there's, there's nothing wrong with any of those levels. Some, some folks have a low tolerance for, for burden. Some people have a very high tolerance for burden. And being able to understand who you are kind of on that continuum can be very helpful to know when it's time to say, I, I can't help anymore, or I'm overwhelmed and I need some help. Self-awareness is, is a huge piece of the battle when you're dealing with depression, with anxiety, with any other kind of mental health issues. How much of the burden, how much more burden can you take and yeah. how much can you shoulder for somebody else on, on, your, on your own shoulders? Amen, Andy. That's a big question. It's hard to know sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what if, what if you carry lots of burden yourself? Mm-hmm. And then, so, when well, how, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? Honestly, Prayer. you have to talk to somebody. Prayer is a 
should be always a part of the equation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And being honest with people that you trust to say, I can't, I can't do so much. And it might be, you know, if it's a, if it's a work thing, you might need to go to a coworker that you trust and say, I have too many things to do. Can you help me with this? It might be going to your spouse and saying, can I have a night to get some work done? Or I, Saturday, I know we were planning on raking the leaves and now it's covered with snow. So that's a little easier. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I need, I'm so far behind, I, I need to get some stuff done yeah. for, for work or, you know, whatever you're doing, whatever, wherever you're feeling overwhelmed, ask somebody to help you by maybe giving space to you to get, to get it done. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, can you do this for me, but can you give me the space to, to get it, to get it finished? Mm-hmm. Andy, a dear listener said, my life group is my lifeline. Yeah. And I would imagine that's an online thing. I mean, if you're connecting, maybe on the phone, on, on on the internet. They are praying for me in a very difficult week that culminated today in a relative being taken to the hospital to ER due to a mental breakdown. Ah, that's so hard. It's very hard. I will be praying for you specifically uh, today and tonight. Yeah. I know your name. I'm not saying it on the air, but I I will pray for um, this relative. That's, we're going to hear a, a lot about that in the upcoming months. The fallout's going to be huge, isn't it? It is. There's, there, there's a lot of emotional damage that has been happening, and so much of us aren't, so many of us aren't able to see it, right? Because we often rely on our eyes and our ears to hear people's voices, to see their pain. We're, we're pretty good as human beings at recognizing something wrong by seeing other people. You know, body language, you can read body language. Mm-hmm. Shoulders are slumped. You know, your brows are furrowed. You can, you can just tell when somebody's not their normal selves, mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're not right. And when we aren't seeing people as often or we're communicating by text or via email or other kind of unseen things, we, we miss some of those social cues that we normally would pick up on automatically. Mm-hmm. And that kind of contributes to people feeling like nobody, nobody understands me right now. Nobody sees me. Well, that's because that's true. Yeah. Nobody is seeing you. And this is where it's tough for people to ask for help because how many of us out there really don't want to ask for help because we, what? Because why? We don't want to be a burden. Right? (laughs) I I don't want to be a burden. Takes us back to our verse, Andy. Yeah. It absolutely does. We don't want to burden other people, but yet we're supposed to. It sounds that way. Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens. So, yeah, that's, God wants us to, to act and be that way. I think Rebecca's so what got if, a question. She has what her if hand we're up. Re- I do. What if we're really good at helping to care? That's what we want to do. We want to help other people bear their own burdens, but it's really uncomfortable for us to, quote, unquote, burden someone else. Yeah. We don't like to receive the help. We definitely there. 100% of someone needs our help, but we don't want to be on the receiving end. Oh, that's a lot of people, especially helpful people. There's a lot of really good helpers out there who refuse to let anybody into their circle to be to be allowed to be helped mm-hmm. if that makes sense oh but total sense when i was going to grad school to be a therapist many years ago a lot of my classmates many of us were like that well i you know we had to do kind of pseudo counseling with one another to, to practice <laughs> right and the the instructors are like don't go too deep into things and we never had anything to talk about because no one wanted to share their own stuff because well i don't need to do that i I want to help other people. I, I don't need to help myself. And it goes back to that piece of self-care where 
it's hard to help other people when we've got significant issues of our own. Mm-hmm. And every good counseling program will tell you, before you're going to go out and help everybody else, you need to figure out how to work out your own issues. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to run into a lot of problems trying to counsel those who are paying you for the service when you're kind of halfway processing your own things while they're talking to you about their things. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to the whole point about self-care for lay people who are just helping each other out. Right? We're not talking about counselors or therapists or social workers. We're just talking about friends and colleagues and coworkers and family members. We're not trained to do therapy. We're not trained to do all these things. It's incumbent upon us to make sure that we're in a healthy enough place to take those burdens on before we offer to, to do so. Otherwise, you're both in trouble. Right. So in other words, it's kind of a delicate balance between being a selfless giver mm-hmm. and then having responsible boundaries. Yeah. It is a delicate balance. And I, I would think it is. People walk on that. on that. It's like walking on the top of a fence, probably, and you you can fall and catch the fence, and it's not so bad. And sometimes you fall off because you're you're not being cautious enough about setting up appropriate boundaries in your life. Then you have to be careful not to assume responsibility for other people's messes. That's exactly right. Uh, so we want to help carry the burden but not take on the responsibility for the mess. And when addictions are involved, that gets to be very complicated. Yeah, that crossed my mind as well. There's there's a lot of family members that feel very responsible for addiction issues, and and you're not. You're not. I mean, we, we all have choices that we make, and as a family member or a loved one, you are responsible for loving them, and to some degree you're helpful, you're responsible for helping them in the best ways that you can. And again, part of that is making sure that you're healthy enough to help them. Mm-hmm. I always uh, think of the beautiful moment when Jesus got his cross carried on the road. Right. Yeah. And what a beautiful, beautiful moment that was. Yeah. I, I've i often wondered about that. It's, you know, it's given, it's just a tiny sliver of, of the, you know, the crucifixion story. Simon of Cyrene. Mm-hmm. We don't know a whole lot about this guy or what it meant to him or where he came from or what he was even doing that day. You know, there's all kinds of kids' books that have pictures of this and try to explain it, but it is a pretty beautiful story, and it's he was a random guy. I mean, he's just a random guy who stepped in and helped Jesus carry his cross. We don't have to know somebody to help them in tremendous ways, and it can be something very small, mm-hmm. very small. Sometimes just saying some hi to somebody on the sidewalk can give them a lift in their day. It, it really can. I uh, read a beautiful story in the paper this week, in the Minneapolis paper, and I won't be able to find it in time, but it was uh, a woman who was on the side of the road with a blown-out tire, and it literally had blown off the uh, the wheel. So Oof. she was about to go and try to move it, and someone had stopped behind her, and I started yelling at her to don't, don't touch it because it's going to be really hot. Yeah. And she didn't know. She was just going to try to grab it and drag it off and... and uh, she felt very threatened uh, in the moment, and the guy spent the next uh, two hours um, helping her. He's a 75-year-old guy. Huh. And it was just one of those beautiful moments where, uh, you know, talk about carrying someone else's burden, even for a couple of hours. Yeah. And uh, that story ended up in the newspaper, and it warmed my heart. That's pretty cool. There's all kinds of things like, like that that we can, that we can do for, for one another. Just simple, small things. Sometimes that's a pretty big thing actually big thing. pulling over on a side of a road and helping somebody with a tire you're taking a risk too you don't you are for sure you don't know what's going on in that car or who that person is those kinds of things are i think 
not as common as they probably used to be for a number of different reasons. But right. sometimes I, I, I believe that God prompts us to, to step into situations like that. Sometimes we have this feeling of, I need to do something. And when you have that feeling, take a, take a pretty hard look at it. It could be God telling you to do something that could have a dramatic impact on somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. Andy, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. Always a pleasure. Rebecca, word of the day. Cudgel. Cudgel. <laughs> Kids, don't use a cudgel. <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Andy Scuddinger has been my guest, and he's a professor of psychology um, at the University of North Central here in the Twin Cities. And uh, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to hear a powerful uh, testimony of a extreme sports ministry uh, based out of the Twin Cities here. And uh, it's uh, quite a testimony to meeting uh, young men where they're at and doing something to help change their life. Uh, very inspiring. That's all coming up next. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.